Income planning for retirement is critical. Planning for tax-free income is liberating. We'll explore options on today's show. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Cherise Opeka, and Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is an independent fiduciary with over two decades of experience and president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. You can also check out his website, laurelws.com. Good Sunday evening, Steve. Have you done anything real fun this weekend or hung out? or? Uh, uh, actually, just getting back from celebrating my niece's seven and a half birthday party. So she, you know, oh. kind of missed the last two uh, birthdays because of COVID. So she didn't. Uh, so my sister-in-law decided to do a half birthday for her. So oh. uh, that's what I was doing today. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I wish we can go. Sometimes you wish you can go back to being a kid, but... And having half birthdays, right? Half birthdays, yes. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, all Back right. when you used to look forward to your birthday coming up. <laughs> right. I remember the one time I was nine. I'm like, the last time I'll be a single number, then I'll go be 10, two digits. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. Well, now that, that's fun. That's fun. But, you know, we're, we're getting older and we got to think about retirement and planning for it. And when it comes to planning for it, it is important to consider how taxes could now weigh at your nest egg once you reach your golden years. And of course, getting there does involve some work in advance. Don't want to talk about taxes, but we have to. Um, first one is setting up a Roth account. You want to explain what are the benefits? We hear so much about this and how good they are, but what are the benefits, Steve? Yeah, so if you can save money in a Roth, either in your IRA or if your plan offers a Roth 401k, um, it's pretty straightforward in terms of the, the money that you make is going to be tax-free. Now, a lot of times people don't understand that benefit. So you're not required to take out distributions from your retirement account until you're 72 years old. Mm -hmm. And so let's just say hypothetically you're at 50. And so it's been drilled in your head, oh, well, the benefit of the Roth is for the 20 or 30-year-old. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe so. Maybe it's more beneficial for the 20 or 30-year-old, but it's still beneficial for the 50-year-old. The reason being is that you have potentially 20 years still of growth uh, in that retirement account. Mm -hmm. And so that $1 that you're putting in today could potentially grow if you're investing it in, in you know, things like stock indexes or whatnot. Even at, say, a 7% return over a 20-year period, it's going to double twice, which means it's going to be $4 on that $1 that you invested. Now, if you put that in pre-tax, yes, you're saving a dollar on your tax return this year. You have one less dollar of taxable income. However, all four of those dollars, when you get time to withdraw, will be taxable as income in the pre-tax account. Whereas in the Roth, all four of those dollars will be tax-free. So you're you're delaying gratification, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's a much better way to look at things if you take a longer view and you, you look at when you're going to actually use the money that you're putting in there. 
Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Delayed gratification. It's always, it can be good. <laughs> Definitely. No, absolutely. Yep. Um, another thing that, and this is good, and I have had this in the past, health savings accounts. Yeah. If you have access to a health savings account um, and you can pair that with a high deductible health plan, especially if you're, uh, you know, in general, pretty healthy, um, that's a good way to save some, some tax, uh, you know, some tax on not just on re in retirement, but also, you know, in your current paycheck. So that has multiple benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, unlike a flexible spending account, which sometimes we get a lot of confusion about health savings accounts versus flexible spending accounts, flexible spending accounts are use it or lose it. Mm -hmm. So you don't have with a flexible spending account or an FSA, you have to spend all the money that year. And so you see people going to like their their local lens crafters and buying a pair of sunglasses or something just to use up their flex spending money. Mm -hmm. But with a health savings account, the money carries over from year to year. The contributions are tax deductible. The gains in the account are tax free. And withdrawals, as long as they're used for qualified medical expenses, are tax free. And so um, at any age, 65, your withdrawals can go towards anything without penalty. So Although the money is has to be used for medical expenses, otherwise, if it was non medical expenses, you would have to pay the tax on it. So mm -hmm. you don't, you only, you still only get the tax benefit if it's for medical expenses. Um, if it's non medical expenses, you don't have a penalty, but you have to pay the tax. And so one of the uh, other advantages of that is that you're able to plug away that money now and get that, like I said, the tax deduction for 2021. That's up to thirty six hundred dollars that you could put into an HSA. Oh, okay. So. Pretty yeah. good. It is pretty good. And if, in case you do need it, it's there too for medical expenses. So but either way, it's a win-win. Definitely. Definitely. Um, what are the big benefits for municipal bonds? I hear about them a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan in general of bonds, okay. but sometimes municipal bonds do make sense for the right type of investor. So these are going to be issued by the local municipality. Now in Florida, because there's no state income taxes, you could buy municipal bonds from anywhere in the country mm -hmm. uh, because all municipal bonds are federal tax-free. So you don't need to buy a Florida-specific municipal bond. What it does is it it provides you interest that's tax-free, uh, but it still carries the same risk as bonds in general in terms of interest rate sensitivity. And right now, interest rates are so low uh, that you're not getting a lot of interest on the municipal bond to begin with. And then if rates go up, your bond price would go down. So it does carry the same risk as bonds. But so the benefit of the capital gains tax as it stands right now is that it's a flat tax, meaning you're not, uh, it's not progressive, whereas income is taxed progressively. So if you make more income, you pay a higher percentage tax. Whereas capital gains tax, you're look, typically looking at like a flat rate of 20%, maybe 23.75 if you were in the highest capital gains tax situation. So um, long-term versus short-term gains is important. It's an important distinction. So you have to have owned it for more than 12 months. Anything that you own for less than 12 months is going to be a short-term gain is going to be taxed as income. And so when we put together a plan, these are some of the things that we look at and we'll look at your embedded gains in your positions. And does it make sense for you to sell uh, what you have now and take the gain and pay the tax. I had a client just this past week who had uh, a large gain on a mutual fund that they've owned since the nineties, uh, but the fund was charging them one and a half percent and they could have had this, a similar fund, a uh, similar ETF 
through Vanguard for three one hundredths of a percent. Um, the Vanguard ETF had actually outperformed their fund, um, but they had hesitated to do that, even though they were paying an ex- thousands of dollars a year in expenses uh, additional for worse performance because they didn't want to pay the capital gains tax. And so you have to you have to look you have to realize that at some point you're going to want to sell whatever it is that you have, and you're going to have to pay the, the the capital gains. Sort of like ripping off the band aid. Um, and then you have to make that determination is is now the best the best time to to pull the bandaid off and and pay the tax. And so those are those are the types of scenarios that we will look at in a in a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And we make that available to listeners of the show and we have uh, 15 spots available this week for listeners. And so uh, if you want to call in right now and you're one of the first 15 callers, we will get on the calendar and we will put together a retirement distribution plan for you. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees, common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You just need to sit down and get a financial roadmap put together. And Steve, he'll translate that complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true practical financial review. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, What's on the way next, Steve? Well, if you're a 50-something, retirement is closer than you think. When we come back, we'll look at some mistakes to avoid and offer some ideas to help you get to that next stage of life called retirement. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Chorizo Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also a independent fiduciary with over two decades of experience and can help you out with a multitude of things, including estate planning, financial planning, long-term care. It's something maybe we don't want to think about, but we really do. You need to. Retirement income planning, tax planning, so much more. And um, Steve will be there. We'll give you the number uh, shortly and get in touch with him and get a spot on his calendar. So once you do reach the age of 50, it's natural to start thinking more seriously about retirement. And that's approaching for me sooner than later. (laughs) So in fact, at age 50, it's a perfect time to review where you stand regarding your retirement security. So we're going to take a look at that. Uh, Getting too conservative with investments. I know I don't want to take a lot of risk, but yeah, how does this work when you're getting toward 50? Right. So you want to think about inflation too, because you want to have something that's that's growing for you. So when we say getting too conservative with your investments, it's typically because your investments are going to underpace underperform inflation. So as you approach retirement, it's only natural to think about dialing down risk in your investments. Mm -hmm. But after all, once you're retired, you can't afford to lose any significant amount of savings. But we we want to look at when you're going to use the savings, right? So it's it's not about losing savings. It's about having money when you need it in something that's safe. So it's kind of a paradigm shift. And I'm going to explain that a little bit more detailed. Okay. So with your money, it's natural to think, well, I want to, I'm, I'm 10 years out from retirement and I want to have, I, I have a good amount of nest egg and I want to make sure it's safe. The danger in doing that is that you're 10 years out from retirement and 
the bank account right now is paying you less than a hundredth of a percent in some cases. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you don't want to, even if you're in like, so I see this all the time where people go into like a stable value fund or if they're a federal worker, they're all in the G fund and they're still five years, 10 years out from retirement. The danger in that is that your money is not going to keep pace with inflation. So it's not going to buy the same thing when you retire 10 years from now. And so while stocks are very dangerous on a one-year level or on a one-month level, um, you know, 30% of the time it goes down on a one-year level. 10% of the time it's down on a five-year level. And if you go out 15 years, there's never been a 15-year period in the history of the stock market where it's down. So if there's money that you're not spending or not going to be using uh, in the next five years, that money should probably be in something like a, an, an index fund to try and get a little bit more growth. And so that's what we mean by being too conservative with your, your investments. And how do you know what the right amount to be conservative with is? Is you have to look at your expenses and you have to track your expenses. And so we talk about this so much on the show, but that's the most important thing is having an idea of what you're spending currently and where your where your expenses are headed. Are do you have big expenses on the horizon? Are there things that you can reasonably foresee? Like it, you know, if you have a 25-year-old daughter who's in a serious relationship, chances are maybe they're gonna there's gonna be a wedding that you're gonna be paying for. So that's that's a reasonably foreseeable expense. That shouldn't be that's money that shouldn't be in the market. If you're looking to buy a second home, um, maybe you want to buy something on the coast and you you're saving up for that down payment that money shouldn't be in the market if it's going to be if you're going to be making that purchase a 2 years down the road from now and so it's looking at what you're what you're going to be projected to spend and actually sitting down and giving some thought and creating a plan and so that's what we mean by being too conservative with your investments okay okay you kind of just touched on this too underestimating retirement expenses another yeah so that's the other thing that people um use these rules of thumb and it's they're they're nonsense because they've been debunked over and over again but also because everyone's retirement is different everyone spends differently okay all right this next one's pretty important if you can do it not taking advantage of catch-up contributions yeah and we talk about this so much on the show but it it's, it is a huge benefit of being over 50. So once you hit 50, you can take advantage of those catch-up contributions. And instead of putting in, say, 19.5 into your 401k, you can put in 26. And so that that helps if you have the if you have the ability to do that. Now you don't want to over-contribute, meaning like you don't want to contribute money, you know, so that your check gets so small that you can't live off of what what's being deposited into your bank and end up taking out credit card debt. But to the extent that you can stomach the reduction in your your paycheck, it makes sense to do those catch up contributions, both on the IRAs and in the four hundred one k accounts. Okay, all right. This next one is extremely important uh, because maybe you got remarried, and maybe your ex wife or ex husband is listed in the will, and something happens. And what about your present spouse failing to update estate documents? That's an example. You know. Yeah. No. That's. I mean. A lot of times we get, like I, I know in my case, um, we got our first will when my daughter was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, she's turning 17 next week. So, you know, we're we're in the process of updating our will. We had named uh, guardians. And at the time we named my sister-in-law a guardian, for example. Mm-hmm. She had no kids at that point. Now she has four kids of her own, two, two really small kids. And so um, 
probably, you know, she doesn't necessarily want to take on a college student if something happened to my wife and I. So, you know, we're, we're in the process of updating. Plus our assets are a lot different now than they were 17 years ago. So um, it's, it's good from that standpoint to look at your estate documents. But you hit on the big one is that marriages change, right? So sometimes you get divorced and it's not just the will. It's the beneficiary designations on your your 401k plans and retirement plans. So I was uh, I recently completed a plan for a client who um, is going through a divorce and he still had his ex-wife on all of his retirement accounts. Mm. And so, um, you know, we quickly changed the beneficiary designations on those. Um, and it's one of those things that just slips your mind sometimes is because you're not you're not thinking about, oh, well, I have this old 401k or I have this this IRA and then. You know, yeah. you're not married anymore. Sure. <laughs> you probably don't want your ex-spouse to get that. So right. Um, right. maybe you do, but I mean, <laughs> for most people, they don't. Mm-hmm. So um, it's important to update that. And that's one of the things that we look at in our plans. So we do a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. And and we're going to show you, all right, here's, here's what your estate will potentially look like if you live to 90. And where do you want that money to go? And knowing where you want your money to ultimately go and knowing if there's going to be leftover money is important because you make better decisions. Because if you know there's going to be leftover money, you can either up your lifestyle and spend a little bit more. Or let's just say, like, for example, I I was working with someone this past week where she's single. And I said, do you have any charitable insurance? She said, yeah, no, I, I actually want to leave money to my local animal shelter. And she can take advantage of that charitable intent now and get tax deductions and still get an income from her assets. And so knowing where the money is ultimately going to go helps us make better decisions in the planning. And so those are the types of things that we're going to look at in our plans. And we have um, eight spots left. Uh, So for the next eight callers, we will offer that absolutely free. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build the tomorrow that you want. And folks, there is no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation, to find out what your investments are really costing you because of those high fees or commissions, what future tax implications will be, and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. Pick up the phone and call Steve. Get a spot on his calendar. Spots are filling up fast, folks. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. We've got another segment on the way, Steve. What's coming up? Well, you know about what it costs to run your house on a monthly basis, and you know you should be padding an emergency fund, but are you? When we come back, we're going to look at the little things that can cause big problems in retirement. Thank you, Greater Orlando, for spending some of your Sunday with us. You are listening to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. You can check out his website, laurelws.com. Yeah, we're talking about a lot of important issues today, and, you know, and this is true to a life adage. Sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. Now I'll, I'll raise my hand. <laughs> so let's break some things down that you could be doing that can sabotage your retirement. And you may not even know you're doing it. And that's the scary part. 
Uh, first, I mean, this is a no-brainer. You don't have a budget. You got to get one of those. Yeah, you you fly by the seat of your pants, as the <laughs> as the adage goes, right? But uh-huh. everyone needs a budget, and you don't need a budget just today. You need it at pretty much all stages of your life, and but especially as you near and enter retirement. Why? Because your spending is going to be is so critical. We talk about the spending surge all the time. There's a temptation because you've you've in you know you've built you've worked for 40 years. You now have all this surge of free time. Hopefully, you're still healthy when you get to retirement and you're retiring on your own terms. And now you have these things that you want to do, and you end up spending. And you think, oh well, I have I have X amount of dollars, and we tend to overvalue the or overestimate the damage we've done to our own body. So people think, oh, well, I'm healthy now. I might as well spend, spend, spend. And they don't think about, well, what if I live to 90, right? This is another easy one. Set it and forget it. You're, you aren't automating savings and debt payments. Yeah, no, I mean, that it seems like a very simple thing. And believe it or not, I, I still run across this all the time where people are afraid to use the internet to pay bills and uh, you wouldn't think that that happens, but it you know they're scared of of having any kind of automatic contribution or automatic. Um, I have clients that still get paper paychecks, um, which you know blows my mind. But the if you can automate something, it it sets you on that path. So if you say you're paying, say you were in credit card debt, if you create a systematic plan to get out of it, and you say you're paying. $300 extra towards the card, it gets you it gets you paid off sooner. And so um, you want to retire with as little high interest rate debt as possible. And so one of the ways to do that is to create a plan that's sustainable, rather than just say, Oh, you know, when I get it, when I when I get some savings, I'll pay it off. No, you want to, you want to get into the discipline of paying it down so that, you know, if you want to be debt free, by the time you retire, you want to have a strategy on how to get there. Yep. Okay. Very important. Very important. Also, too, you are supporting others at your own expense. I know where we could go with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's all sorts of places we Mm -hmm. could go with this one. But um, I I talk about this in my book. It's like what happens when uh, your your children come back into the nest nest and uh, and fry your nest egg over hard. And so, (laughs) you know, so uh, they serve it up in an omelet. And so, you know, that it's we all want to help our kids. Right. But you want to help, you want to make sure that you're going to be okay before you go extending aid to other people. And so it's it's very noble to want to help your kids buy their first home or, you know, help them with their their car payment or or whatever it is that you're helping them do. But if you're doing it at the expense of you being able to retire and live the lifestyle that you want to live, um you know, you have to you have to kind of weigh that out. And so um while it's nice to do those things, if you don't have the financial resources to do it, you probably shouldn't be overextending yourself to do that. Yeah, and it's like the old adage about the the with the oxygen mask comes down in the airplane. Got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others too. So definitely, absolutely, yep. yep, yep. Also, if you want to do this, it's okay. You know, if you you want to be social and have fun, and you know, but you're relying on working in retirement. That may not be possible all the time. Yeah, so that's that's the thing is that you know you, it's great if you like that the social component is great that you like what you do, right? And I've I've worked with people who have worked into their mid eighties, so, um, you know, so I I've seen it. But sometimes God has a different plan for you, mm-hmm. and 
you physically can't do it anymore. Or sometimes your employer has a different, different plan for you. Meaning like they don't want you there anymore, especially if you're, um, making a much larger salary than what they would have to pay, Mm -hmm. say a 20 year old to do your position. So, um, you know, when they when they've done surveys on this, eighty two percent of workers believe they will they will work full time or part time in retirement, and so, you know, that's that's a common thing to think. But what happens a lot of times, and I talk about this also in my book, um, and we've talked about it on the show several times. You enter retirement one of three ways: either you on your own terms you say it's time to hang it up, your company could tell you it's time to hang it up meaning they lay you off or they they say they give you a package mm-hmm. if you're fortunate enough to get a package or god could tell you it's time to hang it up like where you physically can't do the job anymore and so um it's nice to think that you're going to do it and no one thinks hey i'm going to you know one of those two other scenarios are going to happen we all think we're reasonably competent and and none of us you know anticipate a health change but health does change and and your work environment does change and your bosses change and things of that nature. So um, you can't be reliant on that. No, no, you can't. You can't. Uh, it's good to have a, a plan in place. And you're not accounting for rising health care costs. You talked about inflation. I mean, it's it, they're not going to go down. That's for that's for certain. Yeah, no. And uh, on average, over the last 10 years, health care costs have increased by about four and a half percent a year, which is almost double what, or a little bit more than double what inflation has been over that same time period. So as a retiree, because you're going to be consuming more healthcare, your costs are going to go up faster than the general public. And so it's important to account for inflation. And one of your biggest sources of inflation is rising healthcare costs. 5% of households will actually experience out-of-pocket medical bills that are higher than $300,000 in the course of their retirement. And so, you know, that's not everyone, obviously, but um, you're going to experience some healthcare related costs as you get older. It's just a natural thing of, of aging and getting, getting older. And so that's why it's important to seek professional advice, to have someone put together a plan, to, have, to work with an advisor who's properly accounting for the inflation that you're going to experience. It's better to have a plan where you've accounted for an inflation that's higher than what actually happens uh, because it's easier to account for a, a positive change. Meaning like if you if you account for a risk at say 4% inflation and you only experience 2% inflation, well now the, the, the downside of that is you just have more money, which is not a downside at all, right? <laughs> but if you account for inflation at 2% and it ends up being 4%, now all of a sudden your whole plan is thrown out of whack. So. Um, better to overestimate a risk than to underestimate it. And that's one of the things that we do in our plans is that we're going to we're going to show you what your effective tax rate would be under current tax law, but we're going to plan at a higher effective tax rate. We're going to show you what inflation has been averaging, but we're going to plan at a much higher rate of inflation. And so again, the benefit of doing that it's it's a little bit more conservative, but it gives you more confidence in the results of that plan. And that's something we do for the callers and we have about four spots left. So if you call in, we will do that absolutely for free. And that first step is to sit down with a financial advisor. Something we're talking about resonates with you today, whether it's tax planning, social security, healthcare, or just the overall big picture. Give Steve a call, 800-705-9995. 
800-705-9995. Phones are ringing. I know Steve said we got four spots. I believe there's another one that's just got ticked off. So get in now. And if you feel maybe just to get that second opinion, you need you need to go over something, or you just want to make sure your plan is really aligned with your goals, call Steve and take the stress out of planning for your future. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. And we've got our fun segment coming up next. What, what is that, Steve? Yeah, well, listeners have been busy this week sending us plenty of questions. When we come back, we'll tackle as many as we can. And welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Chariso Pega. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist and is a fiduciary with two, over two decades of experience and president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaport. Time now for listener questions. Got some good ones this week. First up is Greg in St. Cloud. He says, in retrospect, I probably made a mistake by not electing to have a spousal benefit for my wife on my military pension, but I can't go back and change it now. How do I make sure that she has enough remaining assets to live on, assuming that I die first? Uh Uh-oh. That's a great question, Greg. And so when you were retiring, um, perhaps you met with a retirement distribution planner, or maybe you didn't, but you can do a pension maximization calculation. So you can look at what the difference in the pension would be. And then depending on your health, you might be able to use private life insurance. So what life insurance does is for a set amount of money every single year, it provides a lump sum. So what you want to calculate is the lump sum that's needed to generate your spouse the amount of benefit that she would need to maintain her lifestyle. And then with life insurance, unfortunately, you have to qualify medically. So it would depend on obviously your own health if that's an option. Um, like you said, you can't go back and change your your pension election, but you could potentially um, offset it by using life insurance. The other the other thing you have to be cognizant of if you have um, you know a TSP from the military. She is going to inherit that, hopefully, as long as you've made her, you, you, you know, I'm assuming you have her as the beneficiary on that. And, you know, so then she will, she would retire, she would receive your retirement assets, which she could then augment um, her own retirement with. But, you know, it, the easiest way to offset the, the pension would be through the use of life insurance. And that's one of those things that, um, you know, it's hard to give you a, a set answer on whether or not you'd be able to do because we would need to know a little bit more about your health history. Okay. All right. Next up is Doris in Winter Park. She says, I just turned 65 and plan to retire in two years. Do most people still have mortgage payments in retirement or do they have their home paid off by the time they finish working? I'm trying to figure out if I should accelerate the process of paying off my home. Well, this is one of my favorite questions, Doris. And we talk about this, uh, you know, a lot on the show, but Yes, people retire with a mortgage. You don't need to have your mortgage paid off uh, when you retire. And so, especially if you're paying 2% interest or 3% interest on that mortgage, it's not a bad debt to have. Um, You just want to be able to account for that expense, right? So, um, you know, you're not going to have the drop off in your expenses if you still have the mortgage. 
Um, should you accelerate payments? Well, it depends. Uh, you'd have to look at your overall picture. So you always want to have enough liquidity because you don't want to you don't want to pay off your mortgage and then leave yourself no cash available because when you have an emergency and now you're no longer working, you can't just tap into that equity because no one's going to want to loan you money uh, because you're not working anymore. So you're not going to show any income or you're going to show a reduced income. So I'm not a big fan in most cases of accelerating off the mortgage payment unless you're in a financial situation to where um, you have enough in, saved in your 401k and you have enough liquidity in the bank to where um, you know paying down the mortgage makes sense. But just to blindly pay down the mortgage and to sacrifice um, having enough of a cushion in retirement in terms of liquidity, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Okay. All right. Our last question is from Bradley in Mount Dora. He says, my mother is 92 years old and we are planning on selling her apartment and want to know if there is a way to put the profits of that sale in a trust to pay for her future health care needs. Are there tax consequences? Okay. So this is a, you know, and obviously you should check with your own accountant because we don't provide tax advice, but this is a, a more complicated situation because she's selling her apartment. Now, if she was to stay there um, and not sell her apartment, if she passes away, then you guys would owe no capital gains on that because you get a step up on death. So you wouldn't necessarily need to have it in a trust other than for, um, you know, other than for, you know, avoidance of probate. But if you sell her apartment, it would depend on the amount of the gain I'm assuming she's lived there at least two out of the last five years. So there'd be no capital gains tax to her on the first $250,000. Anything above that, there would be capital gains tax. Is in terms of future health care needs, and I'm assuming you mean long-term care when you say future health care needs, um, there, are tr there is some trust planning that you can do. You definitely want to meet with an elder care attorney on that. Um, so you'd want to, you'd probably want to set up a trust with um, Medicaid language, and so, um, you know, any any uh, elder care attorney will be very familiar with how you do that. Um, but that is something that you'd probably want to do, um, and um, you know that would shelter what what you're doing there is you're basically sheltering the money um, for the next generation. So you're basically preserving as much of the inheritance as possible. But there are there are a lot of pitfalls in that and that she's 92 years old and there's there's look back periods that need to be satisfied. So again, you'd really want to probably meet with an accountant as well as an elder care attorney in your situation, Bradley. But great question. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean and these questions, you know, they they do come up on a daily basis and other questions come up when uh, you get to meet with your clients. So you take them through the process and you go over all of this. And and if you don't have the answer like this with the the accountant, you you refer them to somebody like that, but um, that's what you do. Right, Steve, on a daily basis? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And so we're going to look at the whole situation and we're going to point out things about say your estate or you know, potential trusts that you should look at. But you always want to have a team of of professionals helping you. So you want to have you want to have an, an estate attorney. You want to have an accountant. Um, so it's you know having everyone work together cohesively on one plan. So what we do is we provide the roadmap, and so we'll 
steer you in the direction of the things that you need, but you still have to go and, and meet with those other professionals to, to actually execute some of those things. And so, um, and that's the benefit of having a financial planner, because if you put together a roadmap, which we still, I believe have two more spots left. Um, if you put together that roadmap, now you can go into your attorney and say, all right, here's a list of my assets. Here's what I want to accomplish. Now you've just saved yourself about 15 billable hours from that attorney because you've done all of the legwork that he was going to have probably one of he or she would have one of their underlings, uh, be doing and billing you for. So, um, you know, so that's, that's another advantage of working with a financial advisor and working with a planner who's versed on these topics. And like I said, we have two spots left and we are more than happy to put together a comprehensive financial plan for you. Okay. And it's, uh, you know, something that we, uh, we love doing. And that number to give Steve a call, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995 to get that financial roadmap put together. And the callers that call in, they're going to get that comprehensive financial review. It's going to show you where you are now, but most importantly, that review will show you a roadmap to get you where you need to be. And you've got nothing to lose. Just a couple spots left. Show's just about over. Get in now, folks. 800-705-9995. 800-705-9995. The show just flew by so fast. And uh, we've got more questions for next week and new topics. Can't wait. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I always look forward to it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening, and we'll be back here same time next week. For another edition of The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve Caruso. 